0: Good morning. As we walk through this series of Monday morning messages about our Bible, it's a very difficult subject and some of you are struggling, some of you are rejoicing, and that's just the way things are when you do this sort of work. So hang in there if you have questions. Patrick at OurSafeHarbor.com is the best way to get to me. I have found very old questions sometimes sent as a direct message on Twitter or in Facebook Messenger. Please be aware that I try not to use Facebook Messenger. Uh, it just has no filing system, no saving system. So and, and also, quite frankly, it can be a bit of a dumpster fire. So I rarely see anything there. So Patrick at rsafeharbor.com is the, really the best way to reach me. All right. That's it. I want to open this with something which took place in early February? Some Hindus in uh, in India uh, rioted against some Christians there. Now this is not unusual. India is a very complex society, and so <clears throat> there are many times where Muslims will riot against Hindus or vice versa, or one of those groups will riot against the Christians. And it's it's an ancient conflict based upon um, not only theological belief and devotion, but also on land and power, representation, politics, all of those things. So, not picking on them, this just occurred. When the Hindus rioted, they beat up a lot of Christians and pastors, they interrupted worship services, and again, this is relatively common in India they took a Bible, they they grabbed a Bible from a church building, and they ran out and burned it in front of the church building. And they rejoiced, saying, we have burned your God. Now, my question to you, most of you who are going to be Christians, or at least seeking, that are watching this, did they? Did they burn your God? Well, the answer is absolutely not. In some religions, uh, most particularly in Islam, the Quran for example, their holy book is Allah Allah is in the book you cannot separate the two and therefore uh, several years ago there was a story that some guard or guards in Guantanamo had taken a couple of pages and torn them out of a Quran and then the story was and it was in all of the major papers, New York Times, Washington Post, etc. Uh, on and on and on, that uh, they had flushed them down a toilet. Muslims rioted all over the world. Lots of people died. They lost their lives because you cannot do that. You were flushing their god down a toilet. You were ripping their god apart. By the way, within a few weeks, it was found that the story was completely fabricated. Absolutely not true at any level and a journalist who's got them all started never had to pay a price for all of the deaths. And um, that's that's a sad reality of our life, but that's on the side, all right? Christians don't treat their Bibles like this. Christians will write in their Bibles and they will underline things, and I have spread the word of God unintentionally by arriving at my office and realizing, oh, I'd left it on the top of my car and driven off. We don't disrespect scripture by any stretch but we do not equate our God with a collection of paper and ink arranged in a certain way we look upon that as just a book now what kind of book I received a question uh, when you watch this it'll be about five six weeks ago that said well is the Bible uh, a, a human book or is it a divine book Is it just a book or is it a holy book? Excellent question, so let me talk to you about this. The universe is analog, it is not digital. Please let me explain, don't turn off your ears yet. This will not be hard. In the digital world that we know through our phones and computers, everything is zero or one, on or off, up or down, cold or hot. There are no middles there. That is why whenever we switch, cell service, uh, cell carriers used to be all analog. And whenever you'd be calling, you, you might have just enough signal to connect. And there would be this and there'd be these weird sounds going, but you could connect. And I can remember when they went to digital, they were so excited. They said the sound clarity will be wonderful. And, and it was when you could connect. But at that time, I was living in Morgantown, West Virginia. And there were many places where I used to be able to call and talk to my family, my co workers, my friends. I couldn't call anymore because it was either on or off. Welcome to the digital world. But the analog world is really the universe. Let me try to explain. I want you just to look at the nearest wall to you. And to me, it'd be the one right in front of me. You can see one behind me. Let's do that one, okay? What if I were to move exactly one half from where I am right now, halfway to that wall? Then I were to move halfway to that wall again. How many times do I need to walk halfway to that wall before I meet the wall? Well, not gonna let you work this out. The answer is I would never make it to the wall because there's always another point between two points. That line has an infinite number of points. So when someone comes to me and says, is the Bible a human book or a divine book? I look at them and say, the universe doesn't like that question because it's analog. And there is all of those areas in between and because of movement as well. If you don't like change, you pick the wrong universe. So points can move along a scale. So parts of the Bible, when we read them, it is extremely obvious that this is divine. There are other parts of the Bible that make us go, killing kids? Wait, Kings and Chronicles, which story is it? We're gonna actually go through a list of those, uh, but not today. The point being, our bible has always said study it learn how to use it correctly or in some versions rightly divide the word of truth the bible never has in there anybody saying god wrote it you believe it that settles it no it doesn't and you see the interplay of the human and the divine through the book and god himself invites that come let us reason together let's walk together come with me into a high place and let's rest god wants this interplay it's a dance and you let god lead obviously but god created brains he gave you brains and eyes and thoughts and the holy spirit has not retired he is still working with us in the story the story did not close when the last book of the bible was written so what do we do with this well i fear that very often we are making claims for the Bible that it never made for itself. And then we let those claims take over to the point where we alienate anybody who cannot imagine a God that would do this, that or the other in the Old Testament or in the book of Revelation. A God whose son comes back and he's riding the horse and the blood is up to the bridle because he's swinging the sword. They don't get the metaphors, they don't get the Middle East language and We keep telling them these are the very words of God, and we have to accept it. When God said, let's reason together, let's rightly divide, learn how to handle it correctly. Because of this, I want us to go through some very basic things. What you believe matters. If I believe that um, a particular airline is unreliable and has pilots that are frequently drunk, by the way, I, I don't know of one like that, please understand. Will I get on that? airline. No. What I believe matters. As Point is, I actually do believe that they're well-trained and that most airlines are doing the best they can, even if it's not all that great. And so, yes, I ride the airlines. I have no problem with that because what I believe affects what I do. What you believe matters. It's very, very important that we get this right. Wise people go through their entire lives sorting their ideas, picking up one, looking at it, dropping another. If you've lived your life for decades and decades and never changed your mind about anything, I really have to question what you're doing with your brain and how observant you are. We're supposed to change. We're supposed to grow. The scientific method itself was invented by people who believed in God and who believed that science was and this is a quote following the tracks of our god people like isaac newton Blaise pascal uh, francis bacon louis pasteur all of their beliefs in science really came because they believed that god created a universe that could be understandable and there was no conflict between science and theology because they believed they were the same thing they were one and the same and by the way I hear this all the time. Well, there's you know religions against science. No, never, never has been in in scripture. Yeah, some institutions went against it. No question. But Galileo himself was not punished because his science went against Catholic doctrine. He was he was punished because he didn't keep his bargain with the Pope, and with the publisher, and the Pope wanted to control all of that. Well. Theology matters because it colors everything that you see. When I look at you, do I see a being created by Almighty God, a being of dignity and worth, a being deserving of love and desiring love? Or do I look upon a possum that just got lucky in their roulette wheel? Oh, evolution. Evolution's real, but we're saying it's not the ultimate cause. There was direction. There was creation. There was movement. Sometime, once upon a time, movement came from outside the universe, into our universe, and to Christians, we believe it never left. It has changed the way it has acted, but it has never changed who it is, and that is our God. If you, you know, where do you get your information? That's that's really important. If you got your information, for example, about nature from 1950s and 60s Disney short films, you might see a bear out there and think, you know what that bear really wants is a hug. (laughs) Those, I wonder, I really do wonder how many of those cutesy pie little black and white short films about, oh, look, here's Mr. Leopard, got people killed. Uh, They were just meant to be entertaining, but um, maybe you should check where you got your information from. So we're gonna look at some of the building blocks of this. The Bible is not afraid to start to state some things. And yes or no, zero one um, terms. This is, period. You know, I think of great statements like in John chapter 14, 1 through 6, or John 4, I'm sorry, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I, I think of passages like that. But you can also think of um, Deuteronomy 4.39. How about? You can look that up in a bit. Deuteronomy 4.39. There's not much wiggle room there. Uh, it is what it is. It said what it said. There's there's no gray area there. However, um, not everything said there is said in those stark terms. Uh, it can get confusing. The Bible is not really um, concerned about our feelings. So at times, it's going to talk about yep, truth, falsehood. Uh, you know heaven, grace, law, love. When we get into there, we start having to balance because we're dealing not with words on a page, but with people and a God who made them. Therefore, it is not going to be a, you know, one of these silly little books that you'll get out there that'll say, here are the 10 rules that will make any marriage wonderful, or here are the 15 things every parent must do. Oh my goodness, as if human beings we're so predictable, so able to be, you know, um, you know, changed just by, oh, I'll brush my teeth with my other hand. Yeah, that's actually in a couple of books. Um, it, you know, to make you change and all that. We're more complicated than this. We're very difficult people. If you look at scripture, some things are not cut and dry. Like the role of women, um, we see it's anything but cut and dry. Paul and Philip, Obviously, very much disagreed on this, but that doesn't bother me because if you read Paul, Paul seems to disagree with Paul according to where he is in the situation and context. And there we go. The vast middle, the infinite middle, a middle in which movement is not only allowed, it is expected. Please remember the parable of the talents won't go into all of it now because of our time and our limited ability to, to spend a lot of time on Monday mornings. But please remember, God was pleased with those who took what He gave them and then put it at risk, moved it about, worked it in the real world. He was angered and disappointed at the one who took what God gave them and just keep it kept it safe and pristine and handed it right back the way He got it. Did you know that's the point of that parable? He didn't intend for us to fossilize faith, but to put it at play in the vast middle. What about the miracles? What what miracles are done today? Any? What about speaking in tongues? What about gifts of the spirits? Can can a Christian have a glass of wine, glass of beer? Can a Christian have two? Can a Christian play cards? Can a Christian dance? Can Can they own two cars? Can they own an expensive car? Can they own a nice house? How nice? What's the exact makeup of hell? Who's going there? Anybody? How? What happens there? How long? All of these things are immense gray areas. And we're unable to throw the switch, zero one, that meets every culture, every time. It, it, we can't. So we have to work within the vast gray. Faith is, not by sight. So we walk in faith, knowing God loves us. He's not gonna hurt us. We're trying to do what is right, and that's enough. But how does the Bible play in this? Well, we're going, to, we're going to take some really good hard looks at our Bible this month, all right? First of all, I'll say this. There are some things which are absolutely black and white to some people, but gray to others, and vice versa. We're just going to have to deal with that. We um, I've had many people say, well, if people just read their Bible, we would all be together. I heard that all my life, but look at history. When the Bible was available suddenly to the common people in their language, did it unite us? No, it did not. It split us into hundreds and hundreds of denominations that are still splitting today. I just read this last month of two other major denominations that are about to split, and it may be more than just two. It may end up being three in, in the case of one of them. And all of them are reading their Bible, but are they reading it as a guidebook, as a rule book, as a narrative, as an avatar? In other words, the Bible is their God? Or how are they reading it? That matters. I, I think that God wants us to be marked by love. I think I made that very clear in the last few of these Monday morning messages. Therefore, let's be marked by love. I think that when faith, hope, and love is all that remain, and the greatest of these is love, we need to to major in love. What does love look like with that person, this person over here? But what about that gray area? You're just going to have to do the best you can and trust Jesus. Next week, some more. We need to talk about the word inerrancy. All right? Not a bad word. But it's not a word that has one definition, believe it or not. So, we, uh, I hope you're enjoying these. If they trouble you, I get it. They would have troubled me years and years back. This is a journey. You don't have to run to catch up. Take your time. God bless. Have a great week.